Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SoupX is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have David Finkelstein. He's the co-founder and CEO at BDEX. David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, what you're doing is is really interesting. But maybe before we kind of get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure, absolutely. So uh, background, let's think. I, I grew up in a small town called Ramsey, New Jersey. Okay. And uh, yeah, so uh, not much uh, going on there. It's just a small town, but it was nice and my father owned a business so that's kind of how I became an entrepreneur it was sort of embedded in me from from the day I was born okay so did you ever work at, at that business I did it wasn't fun I made <laughs> photocopies and things like that <laughs> <laughs> okay so were these kind of in your teenage years or, or when did you end up working for him yeah, so I worked for him for a number of years. So, yeah, I, I started out really early working on simple things like making photocopies of huge proposals that he was sending out and then eventually worked my way once I started learning uh, how to work on a computer. I actually did a little programming for him and created some programs to track some stuff for him. Um, of course, this is many years ago, <laughs> um, probably in the late 80s. Sure. Uh, and then... And then eventually I ended up uh, um, over the summers, you know, doing some more technical work for him. He ran an HVAC business in the New York, New Jersey area. And I ended up doing things like crawling through crawl spaces and measuring the, the uh, heating and ventilation systems and things like that. Sure. That's, that's fascinating, actually. So at what point did you decide to go um, get your degree? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I went to Ramsey High School, and then I really didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I went to college uh, at Rochester Institute of Technology, and I thought I was going to get into something called imaging science, which was like I studied lasers and holography, actually, and uh, did a thesis for DuPont uh, on uh, head-up displays using some holographic film from DuPont. Okay, very cool. That's, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun playing with lasers and stuff. But sure. I, I quickly learned after I got out of college that it was pretty hard to find a job doing that kind of thing. There was you know a very limited number of places you could work. Uh, but luckily, I had built up a a good uh, basis of computer skills as well. Okay, so you got out of college. What did you end up doing then? Uh, I spent six months working for uh, a small um, computing company in their IT department, uh, and uh, I immediately knew that that wasn't for me. Okay. And uh, six months later, I ended up uh, starting uh, my first business um, with my supervisor at the time, and we started an Internet service provider uh, in the New York, New Jersey area. 
Wow. So how long did you do that for? Yeah, so we built that up, uh, one of the first ISPs in the area, and uh, sold that company. We built it up in 94, sold it in 2000, so we ran it for about six years. Okay. So you sold it. What did you end up doing after that? Uh, I sold it to a company called U.S. Cable Corporation okay. uh, at the time. I think they were about the 13th largest cable company in the U.S., and I ran their internet division for exactly one year. Okay. And, and it, crazy. Sorry, go ahead. It was sort of a. I'm sorry. It was sort of a crazy story. Um, that was uh, exactly one year on the morning of the 9/11 terrorist attack. Uh -huh. I was sitting in the office of the the CEO of U.S. Cable, and he was telling me that he was letting me go and and about 30% of our staff. Okay. And someone comes running into our office uh, and, you know, saying what they saw on TV. And uh, it was sort of a bittersweet day for me because uh, I was sort of stuck there working for someone else for a year. So I was ecstatic when he told me he was letting me go. <laughs> um, I was like, this is awesome. And I couldn't get out of his office fast enough. And he's like, well, you know, do you want to talk to the staff and all that stuff? I'm like, let me get out of here. This is amazing. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> After selling my company and then working for him for a year, it was I was more than happy to leave. Um, but it was a bittersweet day, obviously. Yeah, sure. No, that that's that's interesting. So, okay, so you you get let go. You're happy about this. Um, take some time off kind of walk me through what did you end up doing next? Yeah, I guess I ended up spending about nine months just sort of finding myself and figuring out what I wanted to do next. Okay. Um, spent some time with my wife at the time and just uh, we kind of drove up and down the East Coast and with our kayaks and had some fun. And uh, But eventually I realized I got to figure out, I got to do something else. Um, so, uh, I ended up teaming up with, uh, someone who was my very first employee, um, from my ISP business and he and I started an internet advertising platform called Contextuads. Okay. And so, and, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say we, we worked on that and, uh, ran that for about 10 years uh, as well. Okay. And then. And then you did you sell that off, or is did that kind of transition into BDEX? That that's exactly what happened. It transitioned into BDEX, and we were running this sort of contextual and behavioral uh, ad targeting platform, uh, and it had some very successful years. And then uh, we started to get in sort of a rut where there were so many other companies providing ad targeting platforms that. It just became, we realized that the technology had become commoditized. Okay. And we saw that the real value of what we were providing was in the data that we had collected. Uh, sure. So we, we, we sort of set out to see if we could sell or license this data, uh, and it didn't really exist. The, the ability to do that and to do it what we thought was the right way didn't exist, so we decided to, to build BDEX, which was sort of our answer to being able to provide a platform that enabled companies to buy and sell data in real time. Okay. So, yeah, you just kind of gave a quick, like, overview of what BDEX is, but let's 
maybe dive a little bit deeper into kind of exactly what you guys do now? Absolutely. So now we are essentially the largest data exchange platform in the U.S. Okay. Um, what that means is, you know, people think of data and they think, you know, you can buy data in lots of places and there's lots of companies collecting data and there's lots of what we call brokers and aggregators in the marketplace today. Uh, what we set out to do is sort of be the solution that enables companies to exchange data in real time because the biggest problem in the industry was that lots of people were collecting data and then by the time the data got used it really was old there was no real way to use the data in real time you collect a lot of data and then you hand it off to an aggregator or a broker or a DMP and then that data gets sold and in the entire process there's often days, weeks, or even months between the time where the data is collected and the data gets used or sold. So we sought out to close that gap to literally seconds. Okay. And now, sort of in the same way that you can buy and sell stocks in real time yep. and the transactions happen instantly, uh, you can do that with data through our platform as well. And we literally have... Um, we have over 75 companies that are putting data into our platform via our APIs that every time somebody does something online or on their mobile device, um, we even have uh, data that comes through offline sources like POS systems uh, in stores and things like that, you're able to access that data instantly. Okay, very cool. So you kind of just mentioned uh, POS systems, but what kinds of data are you guys kind of buying and selling and, and pulling into your system? So right now it's all consumer profile data. So it's data about people. Okay. Um, but that data could be anything from purchase data. So someone bought something online or offline um, or just general interest data. It could just be that, hey, this person is clearly, um, you know, whatever, a Dallas Cowboys fan. So there's a general interest there. Um, and then there's different types of data like intent data. So we look for intent signals, signals that say, hey, this person might be in the market for a new car. This person might be in the market to sell their home um, for you know, looking for insurance or whatever it is. Uh, so it, it's all these different types of signals that are coming into the platform. Okay, interesting. So if I'm... Like let's let's maybe walk through a couple scenarios. So if I'm buying data and kind of to use some of your examples, whether you know I'm looking to buy a house or a car or something, what is that? What do I do with this data that I buy, or is it kind of up to me? Well, it's certainly up to you. You can do whatever you want with it. But for example, I mean, we work with some pretty big clients, um, uh, like Macy's, for example. So. Okay. Uh, a company like Macy's, obviously, you know, there's certain information that they're looking for. Um, they may be looking for people that shop uh, for different types of products or people that shop at a competitor's site or, or something like that. Or they just might be looking for the type of person that is likely to buy a specific product, whatever it is. Um, we're able to help them identify that with the signals that they're able to see through our platform. And then target that user with the right 
marketing campaign. So it might be an ad that you see online or on your mobile device, but it could also be an, an email that you receive. It could also be something like a flyer you received in, in, your, in your mailbox at home. Okay. Uh, and we're able to help identify who is the most likely customer for specific products. So now they can be much more targeted in the way that they, they market uh, those products and services. Okay, and then when you're, like, for me, for example, and your Macy's example, so you say, like, I don't know, like, I'm looking for, I shop at this competitor sometimes, but Macy's carries this product, you'd potentially send me, like, an email or some sort of um, physical marketing campaign to my house, or, or kind of, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't do the mailing or anything like that. That's something that Macy's would do. We just provide the data signals, so we're able to identify it and say, "Hey, here's here's Kevin. He's uh, you know he's shopped at Nordstrom recently, sure. and you know he's often buying these types of products. Uh, he looks like he could be a, in the market for the type of products that you're selling, and they s- literally can set up a query and say, "Hey, I'm looking for someone that has shopped here." has bought this type of product, has this kind of income level, um, and buys, you know, you know, buys these types of products more than twice a year, whatever it is. They can sure. set up this specific query of exactly what they're looking for, who is the exact audience that they want to target. We just then identify that audience for them, and then they're able to go and do their marketing campaign. Got you. Okay, so it's, it's obviously, it's, it's like any of those online platforms like Facebook ads, for example, you can get that specific. You guys are just doing that as well, but it's based on like real data and, and you can decide which marketing channels. It just obviously doesn't just go to Facebook, right? Like that's yeah, interesting yeah. to me. Okay, very cool. So let's flip the, the side then. If I'm selling my data, how, how do I even begin to do that? Or like I come to you guys and said, I have all this data looking to sell. What do you guys what do you guys do with that or how do you even start that whole conversation? Yeah, I mean for us it's 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 easy. I mean, we have uh, an API that en- enables that to happen, but there's a sort of a qualification process that goes on because you know, we want to make sure that when data is coming into the platform that we know exactly where it's coming from. We know that you have um, you know, the right privacy policies in place and you have the right to sell that data. Uh, but so we get inquiries, literally multiple inquiries per day. Uh, if we accepted everybody that sold data into the platform, we probably would have thousand data sellers in the platform. But we're we're actually pretty picky okay. um, in making sure that the data that comes uh, through the platform is is super valuable to uh, the buyers that we have, um, and of course, most importantly, that whoever is putting that data into the platform that they have the rights to sell that data. Okay, so how do you validate that? Like, that's got to be tricky. Yeah, I mean, it is. There's a whole vetting process. Obviously, we go through a review process of uh, each company's uh, privacy policies, uh, their licensing, and things like that. Because a lot of times people will come to us and say, yeah, I have this data. I bought it from Experian, and now I want to sell it on your platform. But they don't have the, the licensing rights to do that. You know, They have the licensing right to use it, but not necessarily to sell it. So, uh, you know, we have to go through that whole process, uh, sort of a legal process, just to make sure that the companies that are selling data on our platform have the right to sell that data. Uh, And then there's a whole other element with respect to data quality that we really haven't even discussed yet, where we 
built algorithms into the platform to measure the quality of the data that's coming through the platform to make sure that anyone that's buying data is able to, you know, is confident uh, in the quality that we're providing to them as well. Okay, so do you validate that data quality before you even get them into the platform? Like, obviously, you'd have to maybe get them into the platform, but then before that kind of goes live to the people that are looking to buy that data, you'd have to run a bunch of queries and, and tests on it? Or, or how does that work? Yeah, it's sort of proprietary, obviously. Um, okay, sure. We, we do have our own process for uh, qualifying the data before it goes in, but we also have algorithms built into platform that, that check on the quality of the data in real time so okay. that you know, we can always sort of monitor the quality of the data coming in. Um, and then it's all tied into how the data is used as well. So we have clients that are through our platform are able to track, you know, the, the, their own ROI through conversion tracking. So every time you buy data, you're actually able to trigger back into the platform that it was valuable, it con generated conversions for you. So some of that is tied into how, uh, how we track the quality as well. Okay, so I'm going to take a guess at here. Like, again, myself as the example. So Macy sends me something in the uh, direct mail, something or other. I go to Macy's and buy the item that was promoted to me in that direct mail. Does that get tracked back into your system? Because yeah, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay. We, absolute, we absolutely can track that. So, for example, if, you're, if you, they sent you a coupon in the mail and you go in and you use that coupon, they're able to then send a signal back to us that says, hey, this coupon was used. We track it back into the platform relative to a, a data purchase that they made. And now they're able to see that that data that they purchased um, on, you know, on that audience of users generated a specific ROI and, and worked for them. Sure, because I, I think that's the hard part, right, is when you go from kind of the digital to the physical back to validating that the physical actually happened, right? Yeah, and nobody's really ever done that before. Sure. Um, especially with data. I mean, everybody's doing it with respect to advertising. You know, you can go and you can create an ad campaign on Google AdWords, for example, and you can see how many people click through and you can track that to how many people, you know, bought something on your website so you can see your ROI. But, but how do you really know what, um, you know, when you're talking about a platform like this, how do you really know the data that you bought and how it generates an ROI, and, and we're able to do that. So. Yeah, and that's what I find kind of fascinating about your platform. Um, so just for the listener, and, and even myself out of curiosity, is there another good example of that kind of like using your tool to get, you know, to get in front of an audience and then sending them something and then them actually going out and kind of doing whatever you guys target? Because you could potentially use this for almost anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have customers that are doing it with email marketing campaigns. Sure. Where they'll identify, uh, we'll help them identify an audience that is likely to respond to their email. They send out an email and, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, easily three to four times increased consumer engagement on those emails uh, using this method. Uh, so email marketing, it works really well. Uh, obviously, display advertising and, and mobile advertising, we're doing it 
with uh, a number of partners uh, and, and uh, companies that are using it for that as well. And, and the lift that we're able to get for them is significant because we're able to find the exact audience that's in the market for their product or service at that time instead of you know, relying on data that was collected you know, 30 days ago or more. Oh, so it's it's that current, like it's within the last month you can get that specific? Oh, it's it's to the minute. So I have some customers, for example, that send out a daily email okay. uh, based on data that we have when they're looking for people that are searching for a new job. Oh. And when, you know, when is the best time to, to reach somebody? You want to reach them right when they're searching for a new job. If you wait 30 days, then maybe you lost that, that opportunity. Sure. Uh, but we literally have that data coming in in real time, and then this company would run an email campaign every day and sit that basically is tied to the data of the people that were showed an intent for searching for a new job over the last 24 hours. Gotcha. So when they send that email, it's the, the lift is incredible because – Somehow, these people are getting an email uh, that's 100% related to what's going on in their life right at that moment. Sure, and I, <laughs> that that stuff's always kind of fascinating to me, right? Because whether you like it or not, like when you're online, there's so much stuff happening that you don't even really know about, and it's that's kind of fascinating to me that you can you can get that detailed and that targeted. Yeah, to me, I mean, we see the future of everything being targeted with, with data. I mean, totally. today a lot of ads and things like that are targeted with data, but there'll be a day when you can go to a website and everything, all the content, the videos, everything is sort of targeted to what's going on in your life simply because the, the data is there to know these things. And some people might say, hey, that sounds a little creepy to me, but the reality is it's going to make your life so much more convenient because now – you won't have to search for everything you need. It'll just be there, Yeah. you know? And, and when you, you know, we work with uh, other clients like, you know, William Sonoma, who they, they want to know when someone moves to a new house. Sure. And it's really valuable to know as soon as someone registers to move to, you know, change their address, um, and then they can have a catalog at that person's house the day they move in. So, hey, oh, you know, you yeah. may need some new home furnishings. Sure. You know, it, it's, it's about being able to anticipate a customer's needs and being able to be there right at the right time when, when they need you. Sure. And I, I think, like, just the people listening to the, this episode, if, if this freaks them out a little bit, it's already happening to them and they don't even know. Because, like, for example, like, I, I work at a, a ventures firm and so we're building software all the time. And we're building a lot of times kind of like to your point where – there's certain blocks on sites that you visit that are targeted to you without you even knowing. And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, if you're coming to a, a certain websites from a certain part of the world that's, you know, really say like government or education or natural resource focused, you know, maybe that header image is going to be um, – very like natural resource focused if you're from like a heavy natural resource part of the world and yeah that's very generic but it's only going to get more um targeted to you as the data and people 
start integrating this into your online experiences and Google's already doing this, like most of their ads that you see are so relevant to you in your daily life or as you're on Facebook or in your guys' cases, like kind of in the physical space as well, right? And so it's already happening and I think a lot of people don't realize that because they're like, every time I go to this website, I see something that's kind of related to me. It's like, well, in a lot of cases, if you went to that same website in it from a different part of the world, you might see a totally different website. And you just don't yeah. travel, right? Or you don't check that site out when you travel. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always give people the example of, of Amazon because, you know, if you sure. buy enough things at Amazon and you go back to the site, there they start suggesting things based on previous purchases. You bought this, so you might be interested in that. And that that's great, and that's one level of targeting, but it's all using what we call first-party data. So it's they're just using their own data. So once they're able to tie into our platform, which hopefully they will, sure. um, then they'll be able to learn so much about you that when you go to Amazon, they're going to know so much more about what you like to buy, whether it's your first time there or your hundredth time there. Right. And, and I think the other thing, too, that has really kind of started to pop up in the last year or so is, um, well, Amazon has like the Echo and Google has Google Home now where it's this little device that just sits in the corner that's kind of always on, always listening, and you can just talk at it and you can tell them just to like order things, right? That's all mm -hmm. based on data. Yeah. And, and so Absolutely. like it's it's coming and it's and in a lot of cases it's already here i just think the average person probably doesn't think about it or is still maybe a few years out from having some of these devices in their house but you know the nerds and i would put myself in that category already have these devices right and and i love the convenience factor like the first thing i check in the morning is is like google now which is similar to that and i it's like i want you to tell me my day i want you to tell me the weather i want you to tell me my meetings. I want you to tell me all this stuff, right? And and that's all based on data. And the fact that yeah. you guys are are in this space and kind of doing something kind of on that cutting edge of that is fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, another great example is uh, you know we work with uh, work with a bunch of auto dealerships and, and okay. some of the organizations that do a lot of marketing for the auto dealerships and. You know, how many times, I say this to people all the time, how many times do you get a flyer in the mail for $500 cash back on a new car? It's like you just get that and you throw it away every week, you know? Sure. Uh, I can't imagine how many I get. But th the data is out there to know when I'm actually going to get a new car. I mean, most people get lease a car and then they get a new car every three or four years or whatever it is. The pattern exists. It's there. You can see when I'm going to be likely to get a new car and it's not every week <laughs> right so you know we're able to help those dealerships uh, see this information about you know when someone's lease is, is likely to be up and then start sending them those offers a few months prior to when their lease is up um, you know we're able to tie that and cross-reference it with a whole bunch of other lifestyle data so you know if the person's likely to buy a truck or right. you know or, or a sports car um, so that now, instead of just throwing all these flyers at you in the mail that they spend so much money on, and it's just all wasted and we just throw it all out, they'll be able to send the right type of offer for the right type of car that is what you're most likely to buy, and they'll be able to send it when you're most likely to buy instead of just bombarding you. Sure, which which is better like, it, and interesting, right? Like, 
and it's kind of the world that we live in currently and it's only going to get more targeted and more convenient right yeah, convenient is a great word to use for that. Absolutely, and, and I think, um, like I, I love that convenience personally. Like I'm willing to, to you know, like I, I let Google has all, have all my data, or for example, and I want that convenience, right? I kind of mentioned that earlier, but so I think people are going to just get more and more comfortable with this stuff, right? As it starts to roll out, and and it'll just be something you don't even think about or even notice anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll actually just start to get used to that convenience and you'll like it because it just makes your life that much easier. You have, you'll no longer have to search for things and, and sort of spend all the time to try to find exactly what you need when it's being offered up to you. Sure. So I'm curious then, um, how do you guys, obviously like when somebody buys data or sells data, um, there's like people are paying for this stuff. So how do you guys kind of monetize from the buying and selling side? Good question. So we're a platform, so we charge a platform fee. Okay, so, so like a monthly fee? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So buyers that are buying data from the platform pay a monthly subscription fee, and that gives them access to a lot of the information that they can see in the, in the UI, which tells them a lot about the data, but also then gives them access to the data. And, and then... For every data purchase that they make, uh, we charge a transaction fee. So the, the buyers, in, I mean, I'm sorry, the sellers in our platform, they actually set the price of their data just like if you were to sell stocks, you'd say, okay, I want to sell it for this much. Gotcha. Um, but you'll look at the market price and you'll be able to see what the market is, is demanding for it. Uh, we do the same thing. So you're able to see the, the market price for the data that you have and we suggest the price and you can set the price wherever you want. You could set it above, below, or right at market price. Um, and then buyers come in as they buy the data. They set their maximum price that they're willing to pay for it. Uh, the data is transacted and then we get a transaction fee. Okay. So do you guys, like if I came to you and I have this data and you, and let's hypothetically say you guys verify it, you're ready to put it into your system or let me put it into the system. Do you guys suggest a price or is it, mm -hmm. how do you guys sort that out? Yeah, we do. So most of the data in our platform, we, we have, um, we're able to determine market price based on the buys and sells already in the platform. Okay. So we, we make a suggestion to you and it's visible in the platform. So you can see and say, okay, well, it looks like my data is selling for, you know, somewhere between a dollar and three dollar CPM, I'm going to set it at you know two dollars. You know, you can pretty much choose where you want to price it, and then we provide a bunch of tools within the platform that help you set the right price. So if you set the price, then maybe you set it on the high side and it's just not selling. We're, we actually show you how much data you missed out on selling. Oh, interesting. The price was too high. So there's reports that you'll be able to see that actually show you what we call them missed opportunities. Okay. And the missed opportunity report says, hey, you sold a million data points last month, but you could have sold three million if you had adjusted your price to here. So here's what we suggest you do. And it suggested a new price for you. Interesting. Okay. So kind of walk me through some of the other kind of features of, of the platform, kind of from the buyer or seller side. Okay. So we have the same, interestingly enough, we have the same feature on the buy side. So the buyers can see missed opportunities. 
So, for example, if a buyer sets their price too low and they bought, bought a million data points and they could have bought three million, we're able to suggest to them, hey, you know, you need to set your price a little higher in order to get the data that's available on the market. So the tools exist on both ends to really okay. help find the market price. So that's, that's one thing of importance. Um, and we talked about data quality and how we track data quality. So we also have a feature that it's not fully launched yet, but we're in the process of, of uh, you know, collecting a lot of quality data, uh, quality scoring data in the platform. And once uh, we have enough quality score data, uh, we'll be turning on a feature that actually enables people to choose the quality level of the data that they want to purchase. So when you're buying and you're able to say, hey, I want this data point, I want that data point, and I'm trying to find users that are interested in my product, uh, but I want to make sure that they have a quality score of you know eight or above out of ten. You'll actually be able to you know limit the, the the your data purchase based on the quality score as well. So we think that's an important feature that sure. is evolving uh, because we believe that there's a lot of bad data in the marketplace today and, and just everywhere. There's so many companies collecting data about us, and then there's companies that are reselling you know old data, data that's been brokered over and over, that there's a lot of junk out there, to be honest with you. Sure. And a lot of people have run, for example, ad campaigns on a lot of the major ad platforms, and they've tested different data segments, and they find that they get no, no uh, noticeable lift, whether they use this data segment or that data segment. And that's really because there's just a lot of data that exists out there that's just wrong. Um, so, you know, we feel that over time, as this feature evolves, it's going to play a really important role in the data industry and enable us to, one, provide feedback back to the industry, those companies that are selling data, so that they know where, you know, their good data is and where their bad data is, so that they can clean that up. Uh, and then, two, for the, the buyers, uh, people that are buying this data, they'll have the freedom to to choose and, and to be able to make sure that the data that they buy is at the most uh, highest quality. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and that's interesting because you're right. Like, I'm sure anybody that's bought data before is kind of, it's been, it's really hit or miss and kind of a stab in the dark, right? Yeah. And, and remember, on most ad platforms, like, if you're using data to target ads, you're renting that data, which means you're buying it over and over and over again. You have to pay for it every single time you 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 display an ad impression or something like that. It gets really costly. Uh, and to target an ad campaign with data that just is not good, it can be extremely costly, yet you really don't have anything to compare it by because you don't have the ability today to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep track of whose data I use and measure the quality and and then only use that data that had better quality. It just doesn't exist. So uh, through our platform, our customers will be able to do that. Sure. No, that's awesome. Um, you guys have a partnership program. Do you want to tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're partnered with all different types of companies, um, CRMs and DSPs and, and uh, email marketing companies. Uh, you know, we... Depending on the, the, the usage of data, there's just so many different opportunities, you know, to, for example, pull data into a CRM platform so that now someone can have their CRM database and, and then be able to identify their existing customers through some other uh, data point. 
Um, so, you know, we're always looking to partner with companies that understand, uh, you know, the, the huge number of potential uses for, for the data that's uh, in our platform. Uh, we sort of see the platform itself becoming an ecosystem in the sense that there's so many different ways to use the platform. Uh, there's so many different ways to use the APIs that, that other companies are coming to us and saying, hey, that's, you know, can you do this with the data? And I'm like, wow, yeah, I guess we can do that, and let's, let's set it up. So we're always open to, to partnerships when people come to us and, and with questions and say, hey, you know, can we use the data this way? Uh, we've definitely come up with some unique ways to, to use the platform that way. Sure. No, that, that's, that's great. And I think that's partly um, like a really fascinating angle for this stuff, right, is being able to integrate this stuff with, with your existing tools that you're already using in your business. And if you can just automatically pull in more data, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we have insurance companies that are, you know, tying our data into platforms that they use to help determine insurance rates for people. I mean, it's just crazy. There's really? all kinds huh. of possibilities. Yeah. I suppose, right? And then, yeah, okay. No, that's interesting. Um, so where do you guys kind of see you taking this thing, uh, like over the next kind of, you know, six, 12 months, like you mentioned, kind of adding a, a scoring um, system, but is there anything else that you guys are hoping to kind of launch or you're working on in the next kind of six to 12 months? Yeah, I think the biggest things we're working on right now is just, you know, expanding the use of the platform. You know, we're, we're still pretty young. Um, we, we've spent, uh, we're two and a half years old, but uh, we're really only live with the platform for less than a year. So, it's still evolving so much, and we're still building integrations with uh, DSPs and, and, and all kinds of other platforms that, for us, I think over the next year, we'll find that um, growing and building out all of the integrations with other platforms is probably going to be one of our biggest focuses. Sure. That, that makes a lot of sense. And so you guys are based out of Florida now, correct? Yeah, we're sort of all over the place. Um, when we started out, we were here in Florida just because that's where myself and my partner were. Um, but uh, we then brought on, on a third co-founder who is based in Seattle. Um, okay. He's a 19-year veteran from Microsoft and then left Microsoft to join us oh, as wow. our CTO. Um, yeah, crazy story. He's also my college roommate. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. we've known each other forever. Um but, uh, yeah, so, so we have an office out in Seattle, and then we have our sales office, which is in New York City. Okay. And then do you travel quite, quite a bit or, or not really? I'm not big on traveling. Uh, so okay. I'm, I'm really good, I'm really good at, at virtual meetings. Sure, <laughs> sure. We, we have a lot of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been back and forth to Seattle a number of times. Uh, we just opened up our, our New York sales office uh, about four months ago, so I haven't been there yet, but uh, I will be there soon, I'm sure. Sure. That's, that's great, David. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show, so maybe let's close the show with mentioning um, where people can get more information about you guys online and any other social media links you want to mention. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're, um, our website is easy. It's bdex.com, B-D-E-X. Dot com and uh, we're at BDEX uh, on Twitter as well. 
Perfect, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. All right. for being on here. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. And keep them in the future.